Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Yahoo playoff post-game show that is coming after a win. I'm really excited to be talking to Yasmin today. My name is Iman. Yasmin, what's up? How are you? I am good. Um, just got back from the game, still riding the high. That was um, that was a really, really fun matchup to uh, watch. Like, I even enjoyed game three. Like, I just want closer, more competitive matchups. So that's what we've been, get- we've been getting the last couple of games, thankfully, after those, you know, huge L's that are just, like, kind of nauseating to watch. <laughs> Yeah, the first two games, and, and this is so funny because, like, it, it's not because the Raptors won that I'm calling this the most Raptors-esque game. I was going to say, it's, once we got it, I was going to say, this is, yeah, I agree. It's, this is the most it's not because of the results, but the process yeah. there, right? So uh, I'm really I'm really excited to sort of break this game down because as we were talking about the the other games before, it was like the Raptors were, were lights out from deep. The mm-hmm. half-court offense looked great, but they weren't getting stops. They weren't running in transition. I think exactly. tonight they had 21 fast break, uh, break points. Like they were, tonight we saw, and they didn't hit a lot of threes. Tonight we kind of saw a Raptors team that just looks a lot more familiar. And it's really fun to watch these guys play Raptors basketball because I, I would have really hated to have the playoffs happen and have the Raptors there and not really get to see it. But Speaking of having the playoffs happen and almost risking having that one guy not there, Scotty Barnes. Yes. Rookie of the year was announced. I'm wearing the same thing I was wearing in the draft day show when the Raptors uh, drafted Scotty, uh, which was the funniest moment ever for me. <laughs> oh, so yeah. You, <laughs> you guys just breaking down in laughter when that I just, happened. I, I think I laughed for a half an hour straight. I was just that like, was this a is fan base greatest. at large. Not just you guys. No, I wasn't. Mine was not laughter or sadness or anything. I was just like, thank Shock. you, Masai, for bulk, like going against <laughs> whatever everybody else wants. I love this. The Scotty kid seems like he's it. I was so, I was so ready for, for like the, the Scotty emergence. And I'm glad that we got it. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Scotty Barnes rookie season. Cause I think we're probably going to do some more shows regarding that. I don't want to talk about Scotty Barnes in this playoffs. He came off the bench in the first half, but ended up starting in the second half. And that's in large part, well, entirely really due to Fred Van Vliet and his injury. I want to start off with some of the bad. We've been breaking down these games as the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with some of the bad. And I think the Raptors' inability to get healthy can be considered one of the bad things. What did you see with that Fred Van Vliet um, injury? Yeah, um, I feel like Fred just hasn't looked like himself in the series at all. Um, he's just having issues taking guys off the dribble. Um, his, his jumpers aren't... He's had a couple of nights where he's um, looking like himself at the perimeter, but like 
just even um, his quickness off ball is just not the same. He's not getting as loose as he usually does. Usually Fred is just a nuisance to track down on the court when he's off ball. Um, but that just hasn't been the case. Um, and then now um, it seems that he has an issue with his hip in addition to the issues that he's had with his Which knee. Is brand new, right? Yeah, I'm that not- was not the case prior. So this new, this hip thing seems to be new. Um, I would not be surprised if he played through it. He just seems to be a guy who, you know, he worked all year for this. So I think that he might weigh the uh, the the costs of it and see that maybe if I push through this, perhaps it won't worsen. And even though it's going to be painful, um, I can spend the offseason recovering. I think that's probably the tactic that Scotty Barnes himself is taking. Um, if there that isn't is structural young. damage, yeah. If there isn't any structural damage, if it's just a case of uh, pain, um, endurance and like, um uh, inflammation, then I think they're going to play through it. Uh, but still, it's just kind of upsetting that we're not getting a healthy Raptors team. Um, Gary Trent even just spoke about it in the post game, um, saying that he was feeling horrible the first two games, lost eight pounds, um, and is just beginning to feel like himself. He said he feels a, a thousand percent better now. Um, and you can tell he's just way more engaged. He was Looks slow cool. on offense, slow on defense before. Um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, the Raptors have had pretty good, um, health luck with the season, even though they've had, you know, the COVID, um, uh, you know, um, outbreaks within the organization themselves. They've actually been, I think, on the on the bottom um, third in the league of games lost due to injuries. So they fared pretty well in in uh, comparison to the rest of the league. But it seems to have caught up with them in the postseason. But uh, oh, luckily, minutes. they've been. Yeah, is you know, um, we saw it take teams out of the playoff race. Like you look at the Cavs. Um, how it, it if the Raptors didn't hold on, this could very easily have been them if Fred and uh, Gary weren't able to and, and Scotty weren't able to um, maintain their health up until the very last game. It, it could have, you know, looked a lot different. But um, yeah, even through it all, they've had um, Pascal, which, you know, I think this game kind of demonstrates how uh, as long as you have your team's best player, you still stand a chance. Um and, you know, even in game three, it came down to the wire, but they still had uh, Pascal on the court and they still were in it un- up until the last moments. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the, you you win some, you lose some. And it, I think it just goes to show how perfect things need to work out for the playoffs, how things need to, the, the stars need to align for your team to go far. Yeah. I mean, it's you need a lot of luck to get through the playoffs, a lot of luck. And I think with the Raptors, something, um, especially with the injuries that they have had, it always feels to me as though everyone on the Raptors could do better in a bigger role. So when one guy's down, we see someone else step up and it's it's honestly, it, it's allowed for Precious to develop into the player that he is today. It allowed for OG to develop in the, into the player that we saw in the beginning of the season, Pascal, like all of these guys. Um, what I found really interesting with the Fred Van Vliet injuries, we saw, to me, it felt like two versions of the Raptors in the first half and in the second half. And I, I wonder with Fred labored right now, how beneficial it is for the Raptors to have him out there. I think he, I mean, he is the team's all-star. He has led this team to 40 some odd wins, however much they want. I'm not discrediting Fred Van Vliet. I think he's been brilliant for this team this year. But when we saw a, a lot of passive Fred, he was passing up a lot of yeah. shots that he would have normally taken. It was it was giving me some, some Patrick Patterson vibes of old. 
Um, and what we saw in the second half was Vision 6-9 truly come to fruition. And Vision 6-9 is going to have a lot of issues, especially in terms of spacing. We saw that they were not able to hit a shot, but if Fred is not also able to hit a shot, could we just, you just lose height? Vision? You like, lose the rebounding. Right? On top like, of that, you just end up we losing just rebounding. Vision 6-9? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it on my way home <laughs> from the game. I'm yeah. like, you know, ruminating over it. And um, I don't know if it's just a case of the matchup not favoring Fred or his illness. I'm not sure what the issue in particular, like for this series is, but. And just, um, just to your point, the Raptors played the Sixers four times. Fred played in only one of those games. And it was all the way in the beginning of the year before the yeah, Sixers looked like the that. team that they are. And before the Raptors looked like the team that they are. And he had a brilliant game. He had a fantastic game. But this is a a team that has given Fred fits in the past. I mean, 2019 playoffs was not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a big team and, um, you know, seeing the success of that lineup where everyone, um, is a, uh, switchable forward, um, kind of shows that when Fred is not at his very best, they're losing something with him yeah. on the court. Um, so, you know, you end up losing height, you end up losing defensive switchability. Um, the team has, has, cannot, um, maintain their um, one through five switching, which we saw completely dominate the fourth quarter. Embiid had issues um, towards the end of that, um, uh, finding a mismatch that he could take advantage of. I think the his best bet was to go at Thad Young and he held his own. Um, so yeah, it just, I don't know if it's a case of the matchup or if we are just not seeing that particular lineup maximized when Fred is on the court, but um yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I'm interested to see if he comes back, how it uh, impacts them going forward if he's not himself. So, yeah. um, you know, it, I think the Raptors are kind of going to um, weigh the um, their options when it comes to that. So um, it's not it's, it's not a, a, a fault of Fred. It's just that this roster is so unor- unorthodox. And then this matchup kind of tests exactly that. Um, and, you know, this is a team that he's had issues with. The Sixers are big. Um, their smallest player is Tyrese Maxey, and he is super shifty, super hard so to get a hold of. You need to be able to switch one through five to deal with someone like him. You can't um, navigate screens and stuff when it comes to dealing with um, Maxey. He's dominated this matchup. I'm in, entirely, entirely. And we didn't see so much of that in the second half of, of this game. Exactly. It it was so clear to me. Like I've, I'm all, I'm, I've been a Fred apologist all year. Uh, and I think when Fred is, is at his best, when Fred is not even... 80% of Fred, 75% of Fred, I think is, is someone that's so valuable to what this team needs and can do. But if he's out there and he's not hitting his shots, I just don't know that this is the particular matchup for him. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing a shorter leash on, on Fred Van Vliet. I hope he can get healthy. I hope we get a, a healthy Raptors team, especially in the playoffs. Like it'd be so nice if we get to see all of these guys healthy in the playoffs. But if that's not the case, I'm kind of glad that we're running with Vision 6 <laughs> I feel terrible saying that, but I mean, I love Fred. I hope he gets healthy. I hope he gets better because this team is at their best when Fred Van Vliet is there. He is their all-star for a reason. Someone who we, we talked about Gary, we've talked about Scotty. There was a third guy that was hurt for most of the series and probably still battling an injury right now, but is my good like I'm not even going to talk about Pascal I'm talking specifically about Thaddeus Young who was hurt who was injured he is my good for today's game we could talk about Pascal Siakam is like our great uh for tonight but what do you think about Thaddeus Young and what he was able to bring tonight yeah Thad just I initially like even when we got him I thought that he would fill that 
I feel like w- with the absence of Lowry, yeah, the Raptors lost a skilled point guard, but they also lost just like a veteran who knows all of the um, the nuances of the game, who's who's um, tricky, who knows when to make those pocket passes, who knows when to press the um, the holes in the opposition's defense. And like, that just knows what he's doing. He's uh, rarely making the simple mistakes we've come to expect of all the players on the roster because this is such a young team. We kind of, you know, watching Raptors basketball, watching a young team, we've learned to just overlook a lot of mistakes. Missed shots are nothing. Um, missed coverages are nothing. But that is always doing what he needs to do. And to have like a steady, a steady rotation player, you're seeing the value of that in the postseason. And we've seen it in past Raptors teams that have had postseason success. They have every single player on the court is just very seasoned. And that is exactly that. Um, He's been awesome on Embiid. He's been awesome. I feel like on every, I feel like the only player um, who managed to take advantage of him was like maybe uh, James Harden for a couple of uh, possessions. Um, I think in game three, it was um, who managed to uh, work him on the perimeter. But even then it's like, um, uh, I, I don't know if it was a case of just Harden being on a hot streak because he struggled on this game and things yeah. didn't really change. So, um, yeah, Thad has been awesome. I hope the Raptors keep him. If they're able to keep him on a on a, a affordable deal, there's no reason to um, let him go. Um, he's totally worth um, keeping for a young uh, squad. He's the exact kind of uh, seasoned veteran that a young team needs um, to learn from. And it's not always about being the best player of the team. The best player doesn't need to be the um, uh, experienced veteran. It can yeah. be a rotational guy. And that is exactly that. Or in the case of the Miami Heat, an assistant coach <laughs> who takes a roster spot in Udanis. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's so funny because I definitely have a type because I'm just like, oh yeah, Thaddeus Young is my favorite player. Yep, I'm missing the Kyle Lowry hole. And yes, Thaddeus Young, you're doing a fantastic job of giving me everything that I need on the court, including, including, and we would be remiss if we did not mention it, dropping Embiid, breaking his ankles right there. Oh yeah. What, like, just what a beautiful play. Insert clip here. Yeah, like, <laughs> please, I could, I mean, if that doesn't go in the Louvre, like, I just need, put it in the AGO, like, let's get it in the Royal Ontario Museum, let's put it everywhere, because it is a work of art, and it was so much fun to see him drop and beat. <laughs> All the guys on the roster to do it, it was Thaddeus. Our left hand. Like, so funny, it's so weird that it would be Thaddeus Young, that's hilarious, that's hilarious. Uh, do you have a good of the night? A good of the night. Hmm. Every time I'm on the Lockdown Raptors podcast and um, uh, uh, Sean Woodley asks me for my dude of the game, I always say precious because, like, he's so solid. He's like, nowadays, he really disappoints me. And whenever he does something good, I'm like, that's precious, man. <laughs> like, that's so what he does. And even in today's game, I feel like he had a couple of possessions in the fourth quarter that helped break them, uh, to help break open that lead. Um, and you know, he, <laughs> Precious is always good for like two possessions a game where you're like, what? <laughs> okay, you could do that. And, um, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I'm my brain, because I think like a couple of possessions before it, I'm like, precious, if you put the ball on the floor one more time. <laughs> against the bead. <laughs> against him bead. He kept going at him. Oh my goodness. He keeps going at him in, in the earlier part of the season. Those possessions oh, were yeah. guaranteed turnovers. And then now that the last couple of games, he's been getting possessions. He's been going at him. And that's what I love about Precious. His confidence remains consistent, no matter whether the ball is going to go through the hoop or not. And that might seem ill-advised, but if you're a player that's developing at the rate that he is, and you've seen, you know, the fruits of your labor continuously, why not? Why not keep going at it? Like his confidence has been um, resulting in, you know, actual development. So keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, Every time he does it, like it seems to, um, uh, it seems to be something that he becomes more comfortable with. So if he, if by game five, he's you know continuously going at and beat again, and it's um, still yielding good results, like just keep doing it. And um, Nick Nurse mentioned it in the post game where you know he has a couple moves that always surprise him, and it's like, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what third year Precious looks like because he's again, I always stress this is a sophomore player. And he looks so solid. And if, if he takes the leap that I think he can in year three and becomes that, you know, um, uh, starting caliber even player that I think that he can become, or just a really talented six man, I think we should be scrutinizing the Miami Heat if they don't win the chip for <laughs> throwing, throwing Precious in there and giving Precious to the Raptors because um, he's the exact type, kind of player that I think a lot of teams need. He's not an easy player to find. He's, I mean, like a lot of teams, where can you find a Precious? And how do the Raptors just keep getting these guys? It's so much fun. Precious, like I keep talking about it, because like, I have a, a, a niece who's a toddler, and the, the rate that humans grow when they're toddlers is just like exponential. Like you're just like, every time I see you, you're like, oh, you're, you're basically a human being now. Like you've completely transformed from the last time I saw you were speaking in full sentences. Like you can do all of these things. And that's what it's like watching Precious where I'm like, every time I turn on the game, you've grown into being a soup. Like what, you can do this now? Um, these are things that you can add to your game. 
it's a lot of fun. And in the words of Blue Ivy, he's never seen a ceiling in his life. He's spending <laughs> it with the kid. It's just, it's, it's keep, keep growing precious. Like, it's so much fun to talk about him. And um, so, so let's get into, into some of the ugly in the game. Do you have an ugly? Because mine um, is Joel and B's little snarky I was, comments. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, it might not be his comments, but, um, you know, uh, Siakam in his postgame mentioned that he acknowledges that um, postseason basketball is like the highest level and that the competitiveness is expected, but he does not appreciate the uh, dirty plays and the fake toughness, which I thought was like, it's a call out. It's a call out. This is, this is, this is, this series might be destroying friendships, honestly. Um, It's it's getting it seems that every possession um, is getting chippy. And like, I appreciate that. I'm not, I'm not going to, a lot of people are going at Embiid, calling him out for the hypocrisy and stuff, you know, tells Nick Nurse to stop whining about calls, goes on to whine about calls the next game. Um, but he's, he's a, he's, he's a very hot blooded player. He's very passionate. He's a, you know, he showboats, he um, talks trash. He calls people out in the post game. He hushes the Wells Fargo audience. This is a guy who's just very, very passionate. Exactly. He's, I thought Raptors fans should not take it personally. I don't think the Raptors should take it personally. He's just, I think this is just him. Um, but it, it's, it is ugly. It's not, regardless of all these facts, it's just not a good look, uh, especially for someone, um, you know, I think the, the MVP voting has already been done. So what's done is done in regards to that. But um, yeah, if the, it, you, you'd hope that, um the Sixers can feel confident that they're going to close this series out. They still have a three-one lead. It's still going to be a uh, there's the tiniest of chances that the Raptors can make this a seven-game series. Um, so you know they you'd hope they close this out so that he can continue talking this trash. But it's I something mean, that I've come kind to- of that's where someone like Embiid is at his best, right? And any the Sixers yeah. in general is when they can talk their trash. We saw it back in 2019 with the airplane and all of that other it's stuff. Him. And, but the, the thing about the Sixers and the Raptors that I think are just diametrically opposed is the Raptors, I think, perform the best when they've been smacked in the mouth, right? Like, they need to be punched a little bit. And I don't mean, like, physically hurt, but, like, when the Raptors' backs are against the wall and they're the underdogs, they're scrappy, they're, they're fight, they're the gritty team. And I think the Sixers are very, are very best as front runners. And I don't know how well the Sixers do when they get punched. That's a good point. That's a good point. The Raptors, they do not showboat. They, I don't know what the culture is. I don't know if it's Kawhi's presence that completely altered the culture on the team. Um, Because even I think that Larry changed after that run. They just, they do not celebrate fast. It's very rare. I think towards the end of the regular season, we saw them, but I think that was more so just release or relief that the season was just ending. Uh, but they're not a celebratory team. Scotty Barnes is the only one that goes crazy. And apparently him and Fred were arguing about that towards the end of the season. They came to an understanding. Because Fred is the complete opposite of that. Yeah, too. so like it's just, yeah. you know, and even if you watch uh, Scotty's footage from college or high school clips and stuff, he's yes. far, like several times calmer than he used to be. So um, they're just, the Raptors are a team that like to be the underdog. I think that's and just that's the culture. And that's where they perform the best. That's like when, yeah. when, when you're doubting them and they're, they're, they're just, they're really pesky. They're really gritty. And the Sixers, I, I, I really, I'm interested to see what the Sixers can look like in game 
six came by. Yeah. <laughs> when things are I a really little, would like to see what they Toronto. look like in game six. But yeah. um, I would love to see what they look like in game five because I think we've talked about it. You mentioned it. I saw I saw your tweet of yours where the Raptors, that was like the least um angsty, least tense atmosphere you've been in for or you know, you've been around for a, a game that could potentially be a series uh season ending for the Toronto Raptors. And I think if you get enough momentum to shift and it's a closer game in game five, all the pressure is on the Sixers. Yeah. And I'm really interested to see what the Sixers look like in that scenario. They could very easily crush the Raptors in that scenario. And you can see Joel Embiid putting on an MVP type performance. You can see James Harden putting on an MVP type performance. They could, but we've also seen this team performs the best when they're on top. And when they get punched a little bit, they're just, they, they get, it's super chippy. They start looking for calls. They start complaining. They start whining. And I just wonder what that Sixers team is going to look like if the Raptors can really pressure them in game five. Yeah. And, it, you know, if the Raptors come out swinging in, in a game five, make things dicey, the prospect of a game six in Toronto becomes much more kind of anxiety inducing for um, the 76ers. So oh, um, I think sure. they should take it one game at a time. Um, and, you know, all the Raptors got to do is just win one and then extend it. And then, you know, that's just, just the, I feel like that's their, you know, the, to them, it's just to win a single game for the Sixers is to close out the series, which I feel like is tough to do. Winning game four is never easy. A sweep is not an easy feat, no matter how bad the team is winning four in a row. Like after, you know, knowing that we've never won one against the Pistons before, you know, it doesn't matter how good or bad a team is. These are NBA teams. So winning four in a row, is difficult. So um, the Raptors punched back. We'll see how they look going into um, a game five, but with, you know, Scotty present with Gary healthy, we saw that they had a chance in game one until Scotty went out. Yeah. You know, it was a close, it was, a, I think there was like less than 10 point difference. Yeah. It was, in it was, like the third the, quarter. The Sixers didn't really go run away with it until the second half. Yeah. Until Scotty went out. So um, he was on pace for like a triple double. Two he was out. A triple double. Exactly. Gary hasn't looked right. So, you know, I feel like the Raptors might go into game five feeling reinvigorated. And do you have any, what, what, what are you looking to see in game five? We'll close off with that. What are you looking to see in game five? And then, and hopefully, hopefully we're back again to talk about a game six. I'm looking to see Siakam do exactly what he did in this game, which is to come out strong. I think when he comes out strong, when he comes out looking like the best version of himself, taking those mid-range looks, looking effortless, probing, being aggressive and decisive, which uh, Nick Nurse mentioned after the game that he was far more aggressive this time. Um, it just gives the team, I feel like, a confidence, a sense that they have a chance. And um, it also just pressures the Sixers more. So um, he was he came out hot in the first quarter, cooled off, but it didn't matter because I feel like it just changed the dynamic of the game. And they're not going to give him things easy. They've walled him off from the paint excellently, the Sixers, their defense. Tobias Harris has been great. Even their weaker defender, defenders in Yang, 
have really um, walled off really well, are moving yeah. laterally really well, anticipating the spins, anticipating everything. Siakam has answered great, I think. He had a tough game three, but this series, I think that relying on his mid-range, relying on his um, playmaking, kicking out has been great, has been solid this series. So um, I want to see him maintain that. He could have gotten for 40 this game. He cooled off, missed some um, um, uh, long twos in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, could have got, I was anticipating 40 points because I think he was at like 34 with minutes to go. So um, I, I think well that there. if he comes out strong, if the Raptors keep the pressure high, get the Sixers into foul trouble, play aggressively, initiate contact, don't look for calls, look to be rewarded. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, you got to initiate contact on the offensive end. Like yeah. stop complaining about these defensive fouls play aggressively on the other end, force the referees into tough situations. You know what I mean? I feel like that's one thing I really miss about Lowry is that he would always know he was that the Raptors need that kind of game management player. Hopefully Scotty can be become that. I think I see it in him, but um, that, that game management player really puts pressure on the referees to initiate, to force calls. Yeah. Okay. You're going to call that for defensive foul. Or are you going to call it when I you're do the same this? thing on this end? Right. Like Larry was so excellent that the next play, he would do the exact same thing a player yep. did to him to just to test the, the whistle. And yeah. that's just excellent game management. The I, I really do think, I think that refs have been put on notice in this series. I'm like the calls, like even when, even when I, when you see a call that's like so egregious on one end, you'll see a makeup call right away. And I yeah. don't know that we got that in games one and two. I don't know that we game two like was... instantly got that, got that makeup call. Game two was, was incredibly egregious. I mean, to have one guy shoot 12 free throws, we're not going to keep going in, in the first quarter and then the entire team do it for the entire game. And it just, it felt, it feels as though there's a little bit of an emphasis on refereeing and people are watching it and referees are a little bit, more on their toes in this series yeah I, I know what you mean and like I just I don't I can't I like I don't mind when a player is rewarded with calls so yeah. he initiates contact you see the replay it's obvious he was um he was touched when it's like these tic-tac fouls where he threw himself and you think he was touched from the back but you're not even at an angle where you can call you that can whistle and you know like all these kind of things are just kind of what annoyed me like yeah. I don't care about Joel getting 15 calls or whatever it's just that if, if these calls are all because he is throwing his arms up and falling as like a 300 pound seven footer that's where so the much. issue arrives. he falls so much he really does <laughs> And like, he's so huge that I was at the very top in the media area. You could hear him you, fall onto the hardwood. You can hear it on the broadcasters. And it's just like, this has to be hurting you. What are you doing? It's not worth the two points. It's not. And he's like, I don't feel so well. I'm sick. <laughs> like, yeah, he, duh. <laughs> he said he was feeling sick the first two games. And I'm like, dude, because your, your body's like fighting for its life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to be keeping an eye on the whistle. The last two games, I feel like were called much more fairly. I feel like every call the Raptors have been getting has been like just them attacking whoever has the most fouls, whoever has like four or five fouls, which I think they've been doing a great job at the last couple of games, you know, get yeah. people who are giving you issues into foul trouble, into get foul Harden, trouble. get Nyang into, please get Nyang into foul trouble. Yeah, because he has just been lights out from deep. He, he better get his six fouls right away hand in the face and it's still a swish like my he's gonna get paid soon I don't know what his contract situation is like but yeah. he is a, he's a phenomenal guy Tobias has been phenomenal if Tobias has, was in foul trouble this game 
these are players that you want to get their role players who are spacing the floor into foul trouble. I think that's been um, skewing Doc Rivers' um, rotations, which is what you want to do. Um, and that's what they've been doing so well to the Raptors in the first couple of games. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's um, I feel like the adjustment that we can anticipate coming up. Yeah, mine is to just win the game. That's my key to the game. <laughs> key to the game, win. Win. Score more Play points. well. <laughs> Have fun. Score more fun, points guys. in the opposition. <laughs> yes, basically. Thank you so much, Yasin, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for checking out another post-game wrap-up show. Peace out. 